Hey there, nature lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the Spooky Bunch podcast. Now, before we get into it, first of all, happy Halloween, wherever you're listening to. This is, in fact, the end of spooky season for this year. And if you'd like to help us commemorate this year's spooky season, make sure to go check out our merch store, www.teespring.com. If you'd like to check out some of our particularly spooky merch, if that's not much incentive enough already for you, let me also just add that this year, until the end of the month, we will for sure still be running that merch code. With the code SPOOKY2022, that's S-P-O-O-K-Y 2022, 2022. Make sure you cop some of that uh, that's, that's spooky, spooky, scary skeletons. No, I'm just kidding. It's merch. Anyways, let's get into it. Hey there, spooky listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Spooky Bunch podcast, wherever you know, where we talk everything spooky, spooky, and spooky. And you know what the date is? That's right, it's Halloween, and it's time to get a little spooky. My name is Matt, and I'm today joined by my two spooky friends and spooky co hosts. It's me, I'm Spooky CJ. I'm here. Hello, Spooky CJ. It's me, Spooky Brittany. For a second, I expected you to say Mario after that, but... It's me, Mario. I was really tempted. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, and I was like, Yahoo! No, I'm kidding. Um... Wahoo! <laughs> well, if you, if you can't tell uh, by the likes of it already, uh, this is the last episode of the Spooky Bunch 22. Before we get into any of that, I just wanted to say thank you, everyone, to my fellow co-hosts, as well as everyone hanging out, for joining another spooky season. It's been a wild ride. It's our first ever five-week one, and it feels incredible. feels great, baby. And I just have loved every second of it. Thank you, everyone, for uh, sticking around with us. It's been it's been a lovely adventure. I love spooky season, and so this has been uh, a big old blast. It's been a gala. Since, you know, everyone's feeling spooky today, uh, Brittany and CJ, uh, how are y'all doing this this All Hallows' Eve night? I am doing pretty good, and I've been hiding this from listeners and from everybody. But I am no longer... Brittany's a ghost! (laughs) But she's no longer living! Oh, no! (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so I am no longer in the state of misery. No longer in misery. I have officially moved back to Illinois. Illinois. And I'm really excited. And I'm starting a new job. And life is... In a period of change, but it's really exciting times, and I'm really, I'm really excited. So it's no longer spooky or misery. It's, it's on to big changes and exciting things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm tired. I'm busy. Uh, I don't really do the spooky season other than the spooky bunch podcast. So my celebrating of today 
will probably just be going to work uh, in my fun Halloween costume where I work at a zoo and I'll dress up as a person who works at the zoo. Um, I'm, I might spice it up this year and wear a Christmas sweater to work on Halloween instead because I think that's, <laughs> pretty, that's pretty funny. You're but, dressing up as someone who doesn't oh. adhere to cultural norms. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, classic. And my gender doesn't, <laughs> so... Yeah, wow. Today is spooky, isn't it, folks? We're off the rails. We're off the rails. We were never on the rails. rails, Am I right? What are rails? What is a rail? Aside from a species of bird. Anyways, this this spooky season's been uh, sponsored by me having a good old time, as well as our Patreon. I thought you were going to pull up a real sponsor. I was like, oh, wow. No, no, no. Just me having a grand old time. Oh, man. It's um so I'm finally getting to work on mounting a lot of my like insect collections and they look bomb. And then I'm putting together, I mean, at this point, I have put together my Jerry Garcia costume. I'm very excited about that. And I was going to dress as one of like the the bug catchers from the the Pokemon franchise, but then I, I had a friend who had apparently already planned on that. And so I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, Evan, I can't do that. So um, we'll be Jerry Garcia, but it's it's Halloween's a good one. Halloween's a fun one. I love storytelling, and I think at the end of the day, uh, that's the, the the holiday where it most fits, right? Some spooky stuff out in the world, especially as we talk about spooky creatures. The third iteration, Electric Spookaloo, because there are so many spooky creatures out in this world, and two even episodes weren't enough to really delve into how spooky things are out there so with that we didn't even have enough content in the episode to fully display all the spooky creatures out there so which is why we also have a spooky creature feature so let's jump right into that here we go i can't do mario (laughs) i do a mario bit Let's go! Let's go! Just got coconut mauled. Share this with all your friends to totally coconut maul them. I might, I might put like random Mario sounds throughout this episode. Undecided. <laughs> Just like the, all of the like. Boop? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just a yeah. random like bop, 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 Yeah. So today's creature feature is uh fairly spooky in that it is an insect. It is a bug. It is it is a creepy crawly with an exoskeleton, folks. Uh, always bugging me with these insects. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them out there. Today's creature feature, though, is actually a particularly horrifying little little creature of being, and it's a, actually a group of organisms known as mantispids. Mantis, and then P-I-D-S. They're also known as mantid flies, um, and what they are is they're actually related to, like, lace wings and stuff like that. They're in an order known as neuropterans, Neuropteran meaning neuron wing because they actually have these wings that look like a neural network. They look like the 
the the the nerves and the neurons that connect in your brain and stuff like that how people envision those and so they get their name because of that but mantispids are exceptionally weird they essentially look like if you took the butt end of like any old fly or something like that but then put the front half of a mantis on hence mantid fly and stuck those two parts together and created some really unfortunate looking being and if that wasn't enough, a lot of times the colors that they have, in particular in the eastern United States by me, we have what's known as like the brown mantis bit. They actually mimic paper wasps. So if you go out looking for them, you will find this brown fly that looking that kind of looks like a, 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 a mantis, but also kind of looks like it has the butt of a wasp. And also, like, it's just a, it's a horrifying little creature to begin with. And when I say the front of the mantis, that means that they've got the triangular head that looks like a mantis, as well as that little, little like, uh, praying, you know, looking arms that they use actually to reach out and grab prey in their adult form. And I emphasize that this is in their adult form because whilst a insect that looks like a creepy old, like, conglomerate of all the worst organisms in the world that also mimics a wasp that hunts and ambushes things that are just trying to pollinate flowers if that wasn't awful enough mantispid larvae are actually some of the weirdest and most horrifying creatures in in my opinion in the whole animal kingdom so when a mantispid lays its egg it will lay its eggs just kind of on the ground and the larvae that hatch kind of just look like little worm things. They just kind of like stick up out of the ground. They kind of wiggle around and they'll wait for a spider to cross over. Depending on what kind of, you know, what kind of mantispid it is, uh, you'll actually find multiple different, you know, groups of spiders that are preyed upon. The one that found that one that's found near me um, preys upon lycosid spiders those are your wolf spiders the spiders that are kind of running along on the ground in the, the garden and so these little just like tubes of larvae will wait for a spider to run over them and they will latch onto the spider if they latch onto a male spider they will wait for the male to come in contact with a female for breeding but if they latch onto a female spider they will wait for that female spider to start laying eggs in what's known as that egg sac, right? So they'll lay eggs and simultaneously wrap it in silk. And so that's how you get those characteristic, you know, those balls that those wolf spiders will carry around on their back. And what they'll do is they'll wait for the female to start wrapping that because that larva can't break in. But it will put itself in that kind of egg mass that's being wrapped in silk before the spider can fully wrap it so that when she drops her eggs off wherever they are um that mantid fly larva will just eat the eggs from the inside out so it kind of like has this like parasitic moment but it's parasitizing eggs and stuff and then it becomes this crazy chimera looking thing that is a predator in its own right the mantispids are some of the weirdest but also like coolest taxa that i have seen um in my class we were lucky enough to actually find one which is wild and so it felt 
very spooky to talk about this dual life stage creature that is absolutely horrifying in its own right um to round out the creature features and one non-creature creature feature of this year's spooky season too too spooky don't like it too i was spooky. literally like gagging while you were explaining mm. it because a i hate spiders and b i hate mm. creepy collies mm. too spooky. i think that they're very important to the environment and that their conservation is very important they still gross me out don't care too spooky so. <laughs> too spooky <laughs> Mm -mm. It's just like one of those horror stories. Just like I, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. The the animals that I have chosen for the spooky creatures today, like this episode, I think is spooky creatures, and they're not that spooky compared to this guy. This is this guy is peak spooky. <laughs> I it's and it's funny too because it's maybe like half an inch long, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, it's no cool. three three spooky five me and three spooky like... five me. Oh, so you're gross, huh? It's like, yeah, it's real gross. Really cool, though. I mean, it was it was very hard for me not to get hyped when we found it. Like, really, really hard. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to spook anyone too much before we get into the um the rest of today's episode. So I think we should probably head out. You know, quit discussing these mantispids and maybe start discussing hopefully a less spooky current event. I don't know. My current event today is pretty, pretty spook. It's on that spook factor. Aren't they um, always? Aren't they always? always. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> always. so let me let me walk that back. But it's probably not discussing about mantispids. So there is it's that. not. But it is okay. talking about the cane toad. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> So what they do now? <laughs> no, nah, who let the cane toads out again? Come on. Who now. let the cane toads out? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ribbit. 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 <laughs> um, so unfortunately, it there have been more than a dozen cane toads found um an hour north of Sydney, Australia. So there had not been any cane toads in that area. Um, but in New South Wales, uh, more than a dozen cane toads were found on a private property. Um, their DPI, or Department of Primary Industries Biosecurity um, team, basically confirmed that um, there is about... Uh, there was a number, quote unquote, a number of cane toads. Um, and so when they went out there, they initially caught 17 cane toads. Um, and then when, after the initial 17 were found, two more were found after that, after they had found the initial, initial ones. And so for listeners who might not know what a cane toad is, so cane toads are um, are toads that can get 
pretty large in size, but they're really invasive, pretty much in lots of different countries. Um, Australia, um, parts of Australia is one of them, um, but they're pretty invasive here in the United States as well. But in Australia, they are categorized as a class one drug because they release a toxin that um, is highly um highly highly toxic that was really a interesting way to put that but anyway um but a lot of people will use them as a drug because if you lick them just enough they will cause you to hallucinate but if you lick them too much they cause you to die um so they're pretty spooky in their own right um but that's what makes this current event so spooky is the fact that they were found in a new area in australia for the first time um and so and they've, uh, the even spookier aspect of this is that they are invasive because of us. We brought them to different parts. They're called cane toads because they were originally released in sugar cane fields to be kind of like a quote unquote natural pesticide. Um, and it just really didn't work out. So, um, and unfortunately they think that uh, these toads came in to this area by hopping on a truck and coming in that way, um, but is unsure. But yeah, that is our spooky cane toad current event. The cane toad debate is very similar to the extensive like cat debate on a lot of islands and stuff. They're like, oops, we accidentally brought mice. Well, that was a shame. Let's bring in things like snakes and cats to kill the mice. Mm -hmm. And then the snakes and cats are like, actually, we prefer the birds. And everyone's like, surprise Pikachu meme. And it's like, maybe stop using large organisms for biological controls. Or just, you know, stop spreading things haphazardly without thinking of the biological, ecological repercussions. But that's beyond human comprehension. So I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. Yeah, no, you saw... You saw COVID. You you know we can't <laughs> stop the spread. Yeah, you're right. My apologies. I've I've never been to a Chinese wet market before. It's <laughs> not what I meant. It's not what I meant at all. It was just a spread joke. It was that simple. No, I got it. No, I got it. I understood. Wasn't there a county in Illinois that wound up releasing wolves or something like that to get <laughs> no. rid of? No, Chicago somewhere yeah, yeah did you not know this yeah chicago released a thousand cats last year to get rid of no. yes. yeah chicago, chicago is the rattiest city in the country if you didn't know the city of chicago and illinois is the rattiest city in the country we, be, we beat new york we're number one they um cats. and so our mayor Lori lightfoot as long as long as the treehouse humane society decided it was a fantastic idea to release a thousand feral cats mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the mayor really must have never met like a whole bunch of white women because they just released a thousand potential pets. <laughs> hey. Nobody needs to adopt cats anymore, anyways. Like they're so everywhere. Just grab them. Just grab them off the Yoink street. Them. Yeah, it's Brittany, like, like it's like, give oh, here's advice. my dad. Oh, wow, look. <laughs> we like, grow um, on freaking trees now. Yoink them. Has been yoinked. He he was a nefarious street cat, and now has a pink fluffy bed that he sleeps in every day. That was actually my nickname in high school, nefarious street cat. Mine was pink called... fluffy bed. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
No, Cane Toad's bad. Spooky Creatures 3, however. Yes, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I'm glad we were both <laughs> off mute for that. <laughs> we were really disappointing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I've never said I'm pro-cat, and I never will. I, um, I stand cats. I love them. Mamma mia. So let's let's get into it. Amore <laughs> il. Please, for the love of God, we're going to get into it. I say the funny. All that is holy. <laughs> All righty. So hopefully you've been around for a little while. You might have been around for Spooky Creatures One, the first ever Spooky Bunch podcast. Hopefully you were around for Spooky Creatures 2, the second ever Spooky Bunch podcast. But if you haven't, welcome to Spooky Creatures 3. And once you get done listening to this, I might add, go listen to Spooky Creatures 1 and 2. The whole reason that we do this episode wrapping up the Spooky Bunch podcast initiative every year is because, Lord Almighty, everyone loves nature. Right? Everyone loves the outdoors, the lions, the tigers, and the bears. Oh, my. And there's a lot of poster children animals that maybe people are like, you know, kind of freaked out about, right? Everyone's scared by a spider. Everyone's scared by a snake and a, a shark. And, you know, if you were to come across a, any, any basically wildcat in North America at this point, you'd probably feel a little bit frightened by it. And that's fine and dandy, right? Nature can be spooky at times. It's very unbridled. Nobody can control it. And most importantly, I will be completely honest. If I were to put myself in the match with just a squirrel, the squirrel would whoop my tush. Nature is built different. And a lot of the things that you can find in nature are absolutely horrifying. And so what better way to celebrate that, that diversity of forms and figures and creepy crawly things out in the wilderness than by spending an episode talking about spooky creatures. So today we're going to talk some spooky creatures. We're going to hearken back to the mini format that we have done so often in the past. That's a, the Birdie or Spooky Bunch podcast, depending on what month you're listening. Um, but hopefully you can make it through this episode without quivering in fear. If not, no worries. I will say my co-hosts have already not exactly liked the Mantis bid. So, you know, it only gets worse from here. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Mine starts off at a pretty... Uh pretty fun place mm -hmm. so Yours we, we, does maybe, look, we can start someone, off in a pretty fun place and then maybe yeah. take it somewhere spooky as, as someone who's looking at it right now it's pretty fun but i will say it's going to get yeah. pretty pretty spooky yeah uh, for those of you for those of you listeners but those of you nature lovers who know me you might know i'm a big fan of the the christmas holiday as opposed to the halloween holiday and one of my favorite movies halloween to watch day. halloween today absolutely um, one of my favorite movies to watch around Christmas time is the Santa Claus, which is starring Tim Allen, and it's like the Santa Claus with an E at the end. I mm. love it. It's my favorite yeah. too. So today we're not talking about the the Christmas Claus movie. We're gonna be talking oh about the God. Halloween Claus. Oh my God! <laughs> so we're talking about the Halloween Claus. Uh, but again, Claus is a little different here. It's not Claus like Santa Claus. It's not Claus like Claus with an E. Instead, it's Claus like 
a crab. That's right. So our first spooky creature is the Halloween moon crab. And these are spooky little guys. And they're called Halloween crabs mostly because of their colorful costumes. They have this kind of dark brown upper shell that is sometimes confused for black and this bright orange body and limbs, but their claws are this vibrant purple. And so they're called Halloween crabs because they have these vibrant orange and purple colors. Many people are really taken with this crab's appearance and choose to make these creatures pets, which is wild. So Halloween crabs are pretty common pets. Sometimes you might see hermit crabs as pets, very similar. Um, apparently they're really good, like easy to handle, and they can like live for up to 10 years. Like that's a pretty sustainable pet too, which is kind of insane. Um, they're found all sorts of throughout kind of like tropical regions throughout the world. And, you know, mostly around like riverbanks, mangroves, rainforests, you know, from the Gulf of California and Mexico as far south as Colombia, even can be found in southern Costa Rica. So there's a lot of really interesting things that these crabs, you know, be, through their unique look, make them really attractive. The spookiest thing about them, however, is the fact that they're crabs. Many people may or may not know that I hate convergent evolution. I think it's horrifying. Just do your own thing, goddammit. And, you know, convergent evolution, if you're not aware, is basically when things evolve to fill similar niches, uh, even though they've evolved completely separately. A good example of convergent evolution might be things like the shark and the dolphin. Both have very similar body shapes, dorsal fins, uh, pectoral fins, coloration. But even though they have these similar things, they're not related at all. Sharks are fish, dolphins are mammals. And so that's an example of convergent evolution. And crabs are the peak of convergent evolution, uh, having evolved, I think it's, what, 10 times throughout history, just completely independently. Evolution just loves crabs. Um, and that process of evolution, like evolving things into crabs, is called carcinization. It has a name because it's happened so many times. And it's the most horrifying thing to me. And that's what I think makes these Halloween crabs so spooky. Not that they're a Halloween claws, but that they uh, convergently evolve. And that's horrifying. Well, the next spooky animal we're going to be talking about is the vampire squid, which, spookily enough, are not technically vampires and are technically not squid. So the vampire squid is, like I said, not technically either one of those things, um, but they are more closely related to an octopus than they are actually a squid. Um, and so they do live in the deep sea and they have webbed legs, which makes them kind of look um, a little bit more fearsome. Their full scientific name is Vampirotithesis infernalis, which means vampire squid from hell, um, which is pretty cool. And if you look up photos of these guys, um, like I just like typed in vampire squid or whatever, and they have like the, the webbing kind of makes them almost look like they have like an umbrella top attached to them but they're pretty cool and with a name like vampire squid from hell 
I couldn't think of an animal more perfect for the spooky bunch. So my first creature is um, one that you shouldn't look up if you're at the faint of heart. It's not something big. It's not something poisonous. It's not something violent or any any of those things. What it really, really is, is simply a mouse. Now, is it any ordinary mouse? No, not particularly. It is what some are calling, especially at zombiemouse.org, a zombie mouse. Now, in Marion Island, which is off the coast of Africa, there live a whole slew of seabirds. You have albatrosses, you have petrels, and everything in between that nest here on this island. This island that, like so many other islands that we, you know, we think of, don't have mammalian predators, don't have large megafauna, are mostly characterized by having populations of insects and birds and sometimes reptiles but mostly insects and birds because those are the most easily to spread but about 200 years ago seal hunters accidentally brought something to this island and that was known as a mouse now these mice for a while went particularly you know unchecked right for about 200 years like i said they they went and they would eat weevils, which are little beetles. They would eat moths. They would eat plant seeds. They would eat all sorts of things that mice usually eat, except as climate change began warming the island and the winters, the winters would kill off less and less of those mice. So their population grew and grew and grew and grew until eventually the mice were over-consuming the moths and the other insects and the plants to where now all of a sudden they weren't particularly the best sources of food now at that same time scientists and particularly ornithologists in the area started noticing that some of their birds that they were studying the albatross and the petrels were starting to lose skin around their head Eventually, a bunch of nighttime cameras provided the answer. What these mice were doing was sneaking into the dens of these albatrosses and these petrels and doing what ornithologists call nibbling, which some scientists say is the underestimate of the year. What these mice are doing is crawling onto these chicks these sometimes endangered species chicks and consuming the skin right off the top of their head. Sometimes the chick dies very easily, very quickly, because what happens is they're kept awake all night because they don't know how to defend themselves. They've never had mammalian predators before. So sometimes those chicks die quickly in a couple days, spend their days exhausted, try to recover from their injuries, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes, and even on video, those mice make it all the way through the skin, all the way onto the brain cap. You'll see it's a gruesome sight. It's this bird still alive, missing its head, and this mouse just nibbling away at it. 
to the point to where now, in just about 10 years since it's really truly been discovered as a possibility, these, these bird chicks are dying at a 10% death rate because of these mice. So it may not be big. It may not scream or yowl or something like a bobcat. But these zombie mice on Marion Island, especially for the videos that have come from there, are some of the scariest things we can think of in the natural world. Now, luckily, I will say they are currently looking at a really big biological, not a biological tool, but a really big uh, control plan for these mouse populations that's still underway. Um, but so far, brain consumption is pretty, pretty bad when talking about spooky creatures. I mean, what I've heard so far is carcinization and convergent evolution, misidentification, and invasive species are the true villains. That's what I've heard today. <laughs> the the true uh, friends we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would um like to put up my next spooky creature, and it's a creature that I believe Brittany can attest to being spooky. Um, because it's a creature that both of us might have some fond memories of. Um, there was an individual at a place that shall remain nameless. Um, and this individual was um, in the... This animal was a resident of the same building that we worked in. And was often confused with a demon um, that lived in this exhibit. Um, and it wasn't, any, it wasn't a demon. It was just another one of the primates. And her name was Esmeralda, and I miss her dearly. Um, Esmeralda was a red-faced spider monkey. And if you Google red-faced spider monkey, it might give you a spook. That's for darn sure. Um, red-faced spider monkeys, I don't know how to describe it other than a shadow with a demon's face. I think that's the only way to describe it. It's described pretty accurately by its name. It's a spider monkey with a red face. Um, they basically have this long, sleek black hair covering their whole body. And then this bare red pink face just stands out. And then contrasting is they're just deep black eyes. And if you saw this creature from like, I don't know, maybe 30 feet up where you would look down into its exhibit, you might say, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. And it was, but she was a sweetheart. Spider monkeys in general, super, super social animals. Um, they can live in groups of up to 30, 20 to 30 individuals, and then they communicate in large groups. Uh, you know, 20 to 30 individuals is pretty large, and so how they communicate with their large groups is uh, the same way I want to communicate sometimes, by screaming, whistling, barking, and grunting, um, which, you know, given the day sometimes is how you need to do it. I get it. Um, they're also fond of nodding their head and swinging their arms, which, again, I get it. They're really intelligent, just like many other primates. They remember past relationships with other spider monkeys. And they remember different areas where they can find food. And they're native to just like other, you know, spider monkeys to South America, right? Guyana, Suriname, French Guiana, and Brazil. So lots of really cool places. Um, the biggest threats to these guys is basically people. So hunting and forest deforestation have really brought down their numbers in recent years. And 
I believe that they're not currently listed as endangered, but they are currently listed as vulnerable. So, you know, extinction, also a threat, also spooky. And so is the red-faced spider monkey. So, one, Esmeralda, terrifying, but I loved her. I know. I knew you'd enjoy like, that. Did you know that I was her. doing the red-faced spider monkey? I did not. I'm, I'm glad I made your evening with that. It really, You really did. Um, but the next animal I don't find so spooky, but I know a lot of people do. And that is going to be the cockroach. But not just any cockroach. We're going to be talking about the Madagascar hissing cockroach. So just like their name suggests, they are from the island of Madagascar. But they're also known as the Hollywood bug because lots of movies uh, use them um, because they are I think either they're the largest or one of the, at least one of the largest species of cockroach. Um, and so they use them a lot in different movies and TV shows. So Fear Factor used to use them a lot. Um, Men in Black used them. Um, so they're kind of like a Hollywood bug. Now they are called hissing cockroaches because they do make a hissing noise. However, they don't use that they their hissing noise doesn't come from their mouth. They actually come from little holes along the sides of their bodies called sporocles. And they uh, basically expel all of the air out of their body through those little holes. Um, and that's what makes that hissing noise. Now, they're really important to uh, Madagascar's ecosystem because they eat dead matter. So they're going to eat both dead plants and animals. So they really clear up that forest floor by um, eating all of that, that dead matter and allowing new stuff to be able to form and grow. Um, so they're really important to those ecosystems. Now, a lot of people do get the spook because it is a cockroach. However, they cannot fly like the cockroaches that you find here in the United States, they um, have sticky little legs instead that allow them to climb up vertically um, onto different things, um, but they can't fly. So spooky, but not as spooky as things that fly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's the Madagascar hissing cockroach. It's interesting that you should mention that it's not as spooky as things that fly, because today to round out our spooky creatures episode, we are absolutely landing on something that flies. Or is this landing creature flying at landing? Uh, nailed it. <laughs> it was a this bad fly. attempt to begin with, and it got worse. <laughs> it was like Sisyphus just rolling down the hill over and over and over no, again. I meant, I meant to say, is this flying creature landing on you? That's what I meant to say. And it's really funny because I'm a comedian. That's why it's mm. funny. Mm. Yes. A teacher a teacher asked me how I would describe my job. A teacher asked me who I work with. I was like, oh, how would you describe your job to like what you do? And I was like, I'd say like 50% scientist, 50% improv comedian. <laughs> yes, yeah. and baby. Yes, and. Yeah. That's fair. So to round out today's spooky creatures, we actually have one that's almost become synonymous with Halloween. And I think that's kind of been a recurring theme here at the Spooky Creatures, or at the very least, the Spooky Bunch podcast, right? Year one, we discussed, at the very least, the black cat. Year two, we discussed all sorts of creepy things, you know, as well. And then this year, we will be discussing owls. 
Now, I personally work with owls, and I'm not particularly afraid of them, aside from one named Icarus. She's terrifying. But good, the, good name, though. It is a good name for now, I will say. That doesn't mean that owls have not become almost unentangleable from the Halloween masquerade, the the escapade, the the party. I couldn't fit the rhymes of any longer. And this potentially goes all the way back to ancient Roman times, in fact. So Roman mythology had a an entity named the Strix, who was a, a, a raptor witch kind of thing that would prey on humans. So this was a bird of prey witch that would prey on children at night. And they, they told of this entity who would terrify people so much that it could transfix a person, especially with the, the vile eyes and the terrible shriek. They had hooked beaks, big claws, and the wings were either black or gray. And there's a lot of scholars that think that owls might be the inspiration for the Strix. In fact, there's even a genus of owls today named Strix. It's hard to tell the way folklore perpetuates itself, where exactly owls become a thing for Halloween. Which genus is Strix? Who's Strix? Strix is a genus in the typical owl family of Strigidae. So that's going to be... Who that, who that, I-G-G-Y. Uh, Strix will be your wood owls. Sure. So we are looking at... Like greyhorns or... We are looking... The species includes spotted wood owls, tawny owls, Himalayan owls, rusty barred owls, rufous banded owls. not tawny frog owls. Correct. That is actually a nightjar. That's a nightjar. Uh, the one that I can really think of would be the spotted owl and the barred owl. Uh, oh, barred owl. I know barred owl. As well as the great gray owl. Who cooks for them? You know what I mean? I, I wonder. It's really hard to tell exactly where owls become so intertwined with Halloween. Um, there's story, you know, there's reports of killing owls and attaching the remains to the front door all the way up till the 19th century, which is wild. Absolutely wild. Looking at the British Isles where a lot of Halloween kind of folklore and tradition comes from, uh, a lot of this kind of, you know, fortune telling and all that, that makes kind of a mystic view of owls pops up there. A lot of people especially the Scandinavians, had views of owls as harbingers of death. Since medieval times all the way back, Halloween has been connected to owls. And it's pretty easy to see why when you think about, you know, the nocturnal aspect, you know, some of the high-pitched screams, the talons, the bright eyes, you know, things that are looking out at you in the night. It's pretty easy to see where they become so synonymous with such a spooky, spooky holiday. But that's not to say that owls are only present in folklore of European and Western countries. In South America and a lot of Hispanic um, cultures, owls are synonymous with witches, actually. And one of my personal favorites has become almost the calling card of them. That would be Tito Alba, the barn owl. 
of which I know one who is a rotten piece of garbage named Bo. It was said that owls were to be associated with witches in the same way that you'll see a lot of crows and ravens affiliated with the witches from Salem and, you know, the kind of North American witches. It was kind of, it was known as a familiar. Uh, we know it in, in um, North American terms where it was an animal that would do a witch's bidding. And that'll pop up in a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, particularly in South America. Everywhere we go, there are owls, aside from Antarctica. And everywhere, it seems that owls pop up as being some under the cover of the night, not as wise entity that we would like to think they are. They've got big, crushing talons. Great horns can squeeze with a with a force of 400 pounds per square inch that can break your wrists just by pressure alone. They've got big yellow eyes that peer out in the middle of the night, like I said, and most importantly, they are silent flyers. The only time you'll hear an owl is when it wants you to. They're even tied with lunar cycles. The moon is a symbol of Halloween. And most species of owls, as well as most witches, that, that one's a little bit of a thing, tend to be associated with the full moon. Owls are so cool. I'm not afraid of them at all. But there's absolutely nothing that's not spooky about the owl, which makes it the perfect quintessential Halloween creature. The one that can even do the exorcist girl thing of turning its head around all the way. Lies. Well, 270 degrees, but yeah. In each direction. All right, let's calm down now, okay? <laughs> it's got a 360 degree range of vision. That might be true, but I don't like it. But it can't turn its head. Functionally 360 degree I don't, range I don't like view. that you're phrasing it that way. You're right, but I don't like it. I like, don't like you're care wrong, but you're right. Code. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't care. Yeah, well, you made it spooky and I made it fun. So mm -mm. <laughs> owls have 360 degree range of vision. And not only that, but they stay away from the daytime. Humans don't trust that. At the end of the day, maybe. And just maybe, you may be right not to trust some of these spooky creatures. So with that said, folks, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful Halloween night. Celebrate it safe, but celebrate it spooky as well. Maybe even go outside, you know. Maybe even go outside. The spookiest thing you can do. <laughs> Listen to those owls hooting and hollering Who? outside Who? there. Who? Because at the end of the day. Who should I listen to? At least you know they're there Who? when you can hear them. Brittany, you muted yourself when you thought you unmuted yourself. It's the funniest thing you've done Yeah, you've been week. unmuted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and that, friends, is the seventh spooky <laughs> creature we have for tonight. Brittany's inability to control her microphone. Oh, wow. So spooky. But anyways, real talk, everyone. Have a happy, happy Halloween in any way you celebrate it. Please be safe. Obviously, there's a bunch of goons out there and not just the owls. Have an absolutely wonderful night. 
get as much candy as you can, and make sure to check us out on our social medias. Brittany I and CJ, sure where can people find you? I for sure just thought you were gonna go. We'll catch you next time. I just thought you were gonna. I was thought you were gonna end mm. it because that was so good. No, I was ready for it. Um, you can find me on the social media. You can find me at cj.greco. That's cj.grco. And I don't know. It's spooky day. So who knows? I'm going to pose on the spooky day. Oh, my gosh. So spooky. You can catch me on Instagram at the Brittany Bunch. T-H-E, B as in bird, R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, underscore B as in Brichter, U-N-C-H. And I'll probably post our Halloween costumes today and probably just some spooky pumpkins or something like that um but yeah check it out it's fun then y'all can find me at matt valga m-a-t-t-v is in victor a-l-i-g-a i can't wait to spook you with the posts that i have prepared for you all for today then i'll have to remember when it actually comes time to post it because we are recording this well in advance wait what what is it i don't know i just have a post that i'll be posting and i'm gonna have to remember it it doesn't matter just say i'll be posting a post i'll just yeah no i know no i didn't tell him what it is but i'll just have to remember to do it is what it is i will give i will give the first nature lover to send me a, a, a comment on my instagram post today that this episode comes out I will give you a special discount code for our merch store for 50% off. Oh, wow. If, 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 are you ready for this? <laughs> if Matt actually makes a post. <laughs> no, if you, if you can guess what day we're recording this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bit. If you can guess when we're recording this episode correctly and you comment it first try on my on my instagram post today i'll give you a special discount code for 50 percent off that'll be impressive <laughs> if you'd like to check out our whole entire units social media make sure to check out the birdie Bunch podcast at instagram or facebook and also make sure to check out our website as well www.thebirdiebunchpodcast.com there you can find a couple different resources. One of those being our merch store. Remember, Spooky 2022. One day left to get that spooky, spooky merch. As well as our Patreon. Thank you to our subscriber, Gabe Anderley, for being a continued supporter of the Birdie Bunch podcast. We really appreciate it. And if you would like to support the Birdie Bunch podcast as well, you can go to either of those links. We'd really, really appreciate it. At the end of the day, we appreciate any support you can give us, however. And sometimes that doesn't include money, which is, (laughs) hell, I get it. That's for sure. In that event, you know, there's a couple things that you can do to help out this podcast. First of all, you can leave a review. If you leave a five-star review, we will read it out on the podcast. But we also just like receiving every amount of critique for anything possible that you can give us along the way. It helps us make a better podcast for every single one of you listeners. You can also share this podcast with a friend. It's been five spooky weeks now, right? You've listened to five spooky episodes regaling spooky topics up the wazoo. I guarantee at the very least one of you has a friend 
who loves the Halloween season. So therefore, go ahead and share this podcast with them. Trust me, I don't mind. In fact, I'd actually appreciate it. I love getting to share spooky stories with every single one of y'all. And the more of y'all there are, the happier boy I will be. The most important way that you can support this podcast, though, is to go out and have a good old-fashioned Halloween tonight, everyone. And also be safe. Yes. that Well, that to me. I guess safety isn't the most old-fashioned construct in the world, however. No. Have a spooky safe time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good, Brittany. Thank you. Tell lots of stories, lots of campfires, talk about ghosts and ghouls and everything of that nature. Have a good old time, Spooky Bunch podcast lovers. And we will be back with the Birdie Bunch podcast in two weeks. Until then, though, have a happy Halloween, everyone. Have a happy, happy Halloween. It's the most spooky time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but I hope not it's still October. (laughs) My ears are bleeding. You're not. Hold up. You're not allowed. No, you're not allowed to complain about anything anyone else says. Yeah, you talked a lot about cat anuses on this episode. Yeah. There's, no legal There's a whole for 20 minutes of audio recording of Brittany just talking about cat anus worms. That's not I'm gonna have to go in and edit. Not only did I didn't listen now, <laughs> but I will in a few weeks. Thanks so much, all you nature lovers, for listening to yet another episode of the Birdie Bunch podcast. We would especially like to thank Sarah Dunlap for designing our art for our episodes, as well as Connor Whitman for producing our music. The mission of the Birdie Bunch podcast is to inspire an inclusive community for conservation by using education to promote fascination. Let's go! Just got coconut mauled. Share this with all your friends to totally coconut maul them.